ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. Nice. You are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main shit giver, John Coleman. Mr. Coleman. Yes. What's happening, JC? How I, you doing? I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm back in the driver's seat, so to speak. You know, we had some guests here and there, you know. Yeah, my... what's that What's that like when uh, you get kicked behind camera and not on camera? Uh, I enjoy it, honestly, because I can actually listen. It's weird. Like, even though I'm... I'm not a part. I'm part of the podcast. I can actually listen more, and I'm taking it in. So it's actually it's like a live view. We should take this on the road, like in front of a live studio audience. That'd be dope. You know what? That's life goals. That Let's is. make that a 2021. Unfortunately, I don't think the Rona right, right, is right, promoting right. I, us to go take mm, the show on the road. That darn thing. But there will come a time that, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you and I can go and either teach our uh, successes to others, or maybe we can just do this in front of a live studio audience. That'd, that'd be, be dope, that'd be, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty rad. I'll just pump in the fake sound effects after this. Here's yeah. the clap. <laughs> That's good. All right. So um, you were telling me. Yes. Like over the weekend, you're yes. texting me this. Yes. Um, we had a, um, uh, I guess, a question. Or- Believe it or not, Dio, we have listeners in California. Wow. All the way out in Cali. Uh, yeah, I use plural. It could be just one. Okay. Brian from San Diego actually hit us up. Okay. No BS and said, hey, but listening to the show, love it. Curious to see how does one actually become a loan officer? A lot of what we do here talks about if you're already a loan officer, how to uh, you know take your business to the next level. But what if someone is just, you know, has some sales experience, but is looking to transition into getting into becoming a loan originator? Yep. And uh, I think I texted you back. Uh, that sounds like an awesome episode we should go ahead and record that first thing on monday and here we are and here we are on monday which by the way guys we tend to do most of our recordings on thursday yes but brian for you for you we're gonna do this today so we can get it can you get it posted today i think that's the plan okay so we're gonna get this thing posted today and then you'll shoot brian back a a, a quick message saying hey thank you uh check out this uh episode that we just dropped curated just for you which is this episode 40 or 41 41 number 41 41 number 41 brian in san diego california this is for you and at the end of the day i think there's two questions that he's asking Mm -hmm. at least i heard two he might have been one but i made it up into two Mm -hmm. okay he's asking a would i recommend someone becoming a loan officer yeah okay that's a simple answer held to the yeah okay okay in general held to the yeah now we are we're going to quantify what type of people tend to be successful okay. and what type of people that maybe being a loan officer isn't the best gig for them. Gotcha. And then I will uh, drop some some nuggets, as you like to call them, yeah. but get some advice on how I would recommend one become a loan officer. And before we start, I think it's good to know that there are definitely different um, forms of being a mortgage loan originator or an LO or a loan officer, okay. MLO, senior mortgage advisor, like they're all synonymous, by the way, the titles. Okay. But you can work for a call center, right? You can work as a for a call center. Um, the biggest call center I can think of is probably Quicken Loans. Okay. Right. Quicken Loans is, is the the world's largest mortgage lender. They advertise hundreds of millions of dollars. They get the phone to ring. And you're talking to someone that is, for the most part, a call center uh, associate. It's a great start for someone to learn the business. Mm-hmm. You get, I mean, 20, 30 at-bats a day with the phone ringing where you have to ask people about their personal lives, about their jobs and their income. You learn probably how to uh, structure loans on a very basic level. And I'm sure a company like that offers pretty formal training. Mm -hmm. But what you don't have is you don't really own anything, right? When you work for a call center, Mm. it's up to that employer 
to generate the leads, gener- to make the phone ring. At which point you are um, kind of stuck to their success or their lack of success. Okay. Meaning it's up to your employer to make the phone ring. It's not up to you to make the phone ring. Mm. At any given time, you can be replaced by someone else who can put on a headset and answer 15 calls <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, b- before the morning break, another 15 calls before lunch break, and 60 calls a day. Um, so it's a numbers game. And yeah. you are a number, but it's a good way to possibly be introduced to the industry. Yeah. Um, another way is to go work for a large national bank, right? You can be what's called a bank loan officer. That may entail being in a call center, but it also may entail working inside of a bank branch. That's what I thought. Okay, where you you know if it's a Bank of America or if it's a Chase, then they have millions of people of clients who use them for their checking and savings account, who maybe have a credit card with them, maybe have an auto loan with them. And you as the loan officer, again, you don't have to go out and kill what you eat. Yeah. Because the, in this case, it would be the prey, but (laughs) the clients are walking in. So it's a a good start. And a company like that may or may not have some kind of a formal training where they can teach you the industry. Or the third way is what I have in my career been able to master and have been able to teach and coach others to do, which is all of the above, Mm -hmm. where a mortgage loan originator who has the ability to go out and market themselves, make the phone ring and create a book of business. That is someone who A, has longevity in the industry, but B, they're never reliant on their employer for their income, yeah. right? So it doesn't matter if their business card says Waterstone Mortgage on it, whether it says FBC Mortgage or the Mortgage Firm or Homebridge or Guaranteed Rate, so on and so forth, because that particular mortgage loan originator, MLO, loan officer, mm-hmm. has been able to go out and create a following in their community, whether it's with certain realtors, certain builders, um, their circle of influence, circle of influence would be like your college buddies mm-hmm. or people you worked with uh, at your prior job. Like for you, prior job was EA Sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, who'd you work with at EA? Do all those people know that you're a mortgage loan originator and that you can help them refinance their current home or buy another house? Yeah. Okay, so that's what I know and that's what I'm going to teach Okay. today. Um, and I'm, I, But I don't want to forget or discount that there are other ways to enter the business. Okay. Um, the way that I teach, A, insulates you from anyone else dictating your future. Okay. You're taking the bull by the horns. This is your career. You're going to build it. It's also going to offer you the highest income potential. And potential is a key word. Because I'm going to throw out some numbers that are going to make your head spin. Yes. Okay. I've been at conferences. Mm-hmm. This is a shout out. And I'm going to give many shout outs to, to coaching systems throughout today's podcast. Okay. Um, but shout out to Rick Ruby and the core. The core is one of the premier mortgage and real estate coaching companies in the country. Their slogan is we create millionaires. I have sat at one of their core summits and had over 100 people stand up because they earned over a million dollars the previous year. hundred. Yeah. Over a hundred. I was in in a room with over a hundred people who made $1 $1 million or more. That's crazy. As a mortgage loan originator. Okay. You don't have to have a master's degree or a PhD. 
Hell, you don't need a college degree. Whoa. Yeah. There are, quite honestly, people who have a GED, not even a high school diploma, right? Something happened in their life mm -hmm. where they were unable to complete high school and they went and got a GED. So a formal education isn't required. Now, I'm going to tell you, education and yeah. consistent and constant education is required. And obviously, that's 100 people or there's 1,000 people who make over a million dollars a year in this industry. That doesn't talk about all the people who have entered and they weren't successful. Yeah. Right? There, there's far more people that have entered the industry and that weren't successful as there are people who make over a million dollars. Mm -hmm. But there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, who will make 10,000 10, might be a lot, but it's definitely somewhere between 1,000 and 10,000 professionals in this industry that will earn over a million dollars. Some that will earn two, three, four million dollars. What? Yeah, in this industry. Um, so that's possible. Okay. Okay, that is possible. Now, what does it take to get there? What type of person? What type of skill set? What are you looking for? Yeah. So for Brian, you know, would, would I recommend this industry? Yes, I would. I mean, for me, I mean, I fell in love with it the minute, the minute I started it. Yeah. But you also have to understand, I wouldn't wish the first two years of the mortgage industry on my worst enemy. Wow. Think about that. That's profound. Yeah. Like, I, it's hard. It takes a certain amount of toughness, uh -huh. a certain amount of uh, ability to stick with it mm -hmm. to, to be successful. But if someone can walk in and either find a good coach, find a good mentor, and do as they say for the first two years, they will struggle, they will make mistakes, but they will also learn, they will also earn a paycheck, and they'll end up having a career that if they like what they do will last them a lifetime. Now, I, I have personally brought two individuals into the industry mm -hmm. that were great at it, fantastic at it, but hated every minute of it. Really? Yeah. They hated every minute of it. Both exited stage left pretty quickly. What was there? Did they have something in common as to what they didn't like particularly about it? Because if they did well, obviously the money was somewhat good. Yeah. No. Um, uh, one made more money than uh, he had ever made. Okay. Um, he had uh, come from law enforcement. Okay. And uh, the other was on pace to make the most money. He came from within the industry, but worked at um, a different side of it. Okay. Um. And it's, um, look, you're dealing with people day in, day out, right? And it's retail. So in retail, the customer is always, right. even when they're wrong, the customer is. Right. And there's a certain amount of shit that you have to be able to take and yeah. let roll off your back, smile, grin, mm -hmm. and understand that you are in a service industry. At the same time, you have to like, if not love, putting together puzzles, right? So this is probably jumping right into... Yeah. What type of qualities does it take for someone to be successful in this industry? And I would say successful. How about wildly successful? The yeah, people yeah. who make a million dollars a year. Um, it's pretty easy to be successful. If you can just stick out your first two years and put one foot in front of the other and do as your, your manager, your mentor, your coach tells you to do, then you can be successful. Okay. Um, successful would be to, in my opinion, make one and a half to two times the median household income for your um, for, for your geographic area, mm -hmm. um, have work-life balance, have um, something that you can call your own. Mm -hmm. Like that, that to me would be success. Okay, wildly successful would be the person who's making two hundred fifty thousand dollars, or four hundred thousand, or six hundred thousand, or a million dollars a year. Right, that's wildly successful. Um, but what it takes 
to to get there is you have to like putting together really solid puzzles. Like solid meaning on a scale of one to ten, this puzzle is a seven, nine, seven, eight, nine, or ten in terms of difficulty. Really? Because very few home buyers have been on their job for the past two plus years. Their income is salaried. All their money sits in one checking account. They have great credit and they have minimal debt. Okay. Very few. Yeah. Right. That's a loan that my 12 year old daughter can do. Okay. Right. Most people have had multiple jobs over the past two years. They might have multiple sources of income. They may be um, getting a gift from family for their down payment. They may be pulling from a 401k. Their income may be variable, meaning it's not a salary. It may be tipped. It may be commissioned. It may be per mile that they drive. And all that stuff matters. All of this matters. Their credit might not be great. They might have had some blemishes. And what you as a loan officer have to A, be able to do is, can you over time understand the loan program guidelines, the rules, the Mm -hmm. rules of the road? And these guidebooks are hundreds, if not thousands of pages. It's like, if then, then this. If B, then C. Oh, God. Like So you have to know if someone is moving from Houston, Texas to Orlando, Florida, it may not be just easy to do a loan for them. You have to ask them, well, where is your income going to come from? And it is any part of that guaranteed. And what if they had a short sale or a foreclosure or a bankruptcy? Yeah, yeah. Or what if they co-signed for their niece's car and their niece's car is showing up on their um, credit report? Jesus. What if they have medical collections? And what if their credit score is X but not Z? And so you have to kind of like putting together puzzles. Yeah. One person, the reason why he is no longer in this industry, although he was going to make the most money he has ever made, was he didn't like that part of it. Like no part of that excited him. Putting together the puzzle. Putting together the puzzle. But yeah. The, the other person, it was, um, it can at times feel like uh, no one's grateful for you, right? Like you, you can do no right, mm. right? Because you have a real estate agent who referred you the business and they're relying on you to a help make them look good and b close the loan on time. Yep. Right. You have a seller that who's involved. That seller has an agent. You have your borrower. Sometimes that borrower has multiple family members who are involved Mm -hmm. and everyone has their own uniques and their own quirks. And you're trying to please everybody while also doing the best job possible because you understand that these rules that we have to play by are sometimes thousands of pages. And you have to be able to, if you don't know them off the top of your head, be able to quickly research them, read them, understand them, dissect them, and then apply them. So there's a certain amount of like technical or technician that comes into play. And by the way, you can't go to school to learn this stuff. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. But you can, but you can't. They're not going to teach you in high school. They're not going to teach you in college. Now, here's my first shout out today. Okay. So this one's going to go out to Casey Cunningham and her company, Zenix, X-I-N. N-I-X. They're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. If you want to learn the basics, the foundation of mortgage loan origination, spend the couple thousand dollars, go through ground school and flight school. Okay, ground school and flight school. Look them up, X-I-N-N-I-X. To me, it's the best foundational training I have found for someone to learn the X's and O's, the technical aspect. Okay. Now, granted, it's still surface level. Right? It's a foundation. It's not until you get your hands dirty, you're not going to know what you're doing. 
right? There's going to be a certain amount in these first two years that I don't wish on my, on my worst enemy. There's going to be a certain level of fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right. There, there just is like, I've, I've come up with um, a theory until a brand new or rookie mortgage loan originator has closed at least 20 transactions they probably don't even deserve to put the name tag of loan officer Dang. on their chest. Until they've done 50 transactions, they really don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Once they've done 100, they're good. Once they've done 200, they're now an expert. Okay? Um, but someone needs to keep, them, keep this in mind. If you go through Casey's ground school and flight school and you close 10 loans... You're already better than 99% of the populace, right? You already know more about the mortgage yeah. business than 99% of anyone that you come across. So that should allow you to start carrying yourself that way. Yeah. But just being a great technician, that's, that's only like a third of the battle. God, there's two more things I need to master? Yeah. Uh, how good are you at self-promotion, at marketing, at networking? How good are you at connecting with people, getting them to know you, like you, and trust you? Mm. You're asking homeowners to trust you with the largest purchase of your life. Well, if you don't know what the hell you're doing because you're not a good technician, how do you convey that to them? Mm. If you don't pick up the phone when it rings, sometimes at 7 p.m. on a Friday night, then are you good to them or is someone else better? Mm. More importantly, where are you going to get your business from? We tend to build relationships with realtors and builders. So Brian, that's, that's going to be a question I would have for you. Like, are you going to be willing to get out there and network with, with, with realtors and builders or financial advisors to have them trust you mm -hmm. with their paycheck, right? Is a financial advisor going to trust you with referring their client to you for a refinance? Or are you going to make them look bad? Mm -hmm. Is a realtor going to trust you with their paycheck? Because realtors don't get paid unless they sell a house. Or their future referrals if you make them look bad. How do you make them look bad? Well, don't do your research. Don't properly know how to pre-approve somebody. The financing gets denied. You now have made the realtor look bad and they're not getting paid. So how good are you? And how willing are you to pick up the phone and ask people to meet you? And then pitch them your proposition, your service proposition. Why should they refer you versus refer your competition? Mm -hmm. Why should they build a relationship with you versus build a relationship with someone else? And that's a constant that you, you have to do. So it's one-third technician. Mm -hmm. It's one-third your ability to network, your ability to get out and get people to know you, like you, trust you, so they'll refer you. Mm -hmm. And then how good are you at just communicating and sales in general? Now, sales... You're not ever, what I love about the mortgage industry and being a mortgage loan originator is you never have to convince something to, to someone to do something that they don't already want to do. Explain that. Okay. If, when, how about this? How about when early on in my career out of college, my degrees in advertising and public relations, I was working in television advertising and I was selling TV advertising. Nice. My clients were credit unions. They were used car lots. They were um, uh, attorneys. Mm -hmm. When I called them, None of them that day had decided that they wanted to buy TV advertising. Oh, yeah, probably not. So I had to get them to meet with me and then convince them to do something that they otherwise hadn't thought about. Oh, okay. When I'm helping someone with their home loan, I didn't convince them to buy a house. Uh, right? yeah. they, they, they decided they wanted to buy a house. They needed someone to help them. Mm. So I am the person who wants to help them. But I'm not the only person who can help them. They can go to their bank. They can call Quicken. 
they can go to one of my competitors that that I mentioned early on when we kicked off the show. I see. Okay, so I need to be able to. People use it, use the term salesmanship, but but it's it's more than selling someone. It's connecting. How relatable are you? you know, how 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 can you use words to properly communicate? What type of communicated are you? Mm-hmm. How well are you at reading people? And these are all skill sets that you don't have to necessarily have, but you need to learn. Mm. You need to learn how to personality profile so you can. You know, we, we talk about the golden rule often on this on this mm-hmm. podcast, where the golden rule is do unto others as you want um, done to you. Correct. But the platinum rule is what? Shit! Uh, come on, man. Do unto others as they want uh, done unto uh, them. Yeah. So you know, being good, being great, being at the top of the game, being one of those people who can make a million dollars a year as a mortgage loan originator, you have to be able to dominate all three aspects. Yeah. You have to be a great technician. You have to be a hell of a great self-promoter, marketer, relationship builder. And you have to be one of the best communicators, right? If, if you're not good at communicating, look up Renee Rodriguez, see Renee speak S E E R E N E S P E A K. Renee is spelled R E N E. It's the male version. Renee, Renee Rodriguez, second shout out of the day, maybe the third, if you include Rick Ruby in the core. Okay, while we're at it, we'll, we'll get there. I'm going to circle back. I'm not going to do them all at once. But um, so, so that's, that's a, a, a good foundational start of like what you're looking for. Now, something else. Are you organized? Yeah. I mean, it's like, but that's, I think, anything in life. The more organized you are, the better you're going to be. So when I was uh, on my run this morning, I was thinking about you know, this show and Brian's um, uh, uh, Facebook um, what are they called? They're not called uh, emails. Messenger. messenger. Yep. Yep. Messenger. And how we could maybe take this show. And I started thinking about how good are you at planning vacations? How good are you at, at planning trips, adventures? Yeah. Because I think a really good mortgage loan originator who hits all aspects of dominating their, their profession is also someone who can plan a badass trip because they're detail oriented mm. Because they like to have fun, because they're outgoing, uh, because they're organized, um, because they maybe put others first, right? So it's, it's, if you're thinking about coming into this industry, ask yourself, how organized are you? But you can't be quiet, mousy organized because you still have to be gregarious. You still have to be able to go out, get out there and, and hear no. It's still sales, so you're going to ask people to meet with you because you want to network with them. Some people are going to tell you no, and you have to let that roll off of your back. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to you know, find the positive and the negative. Someone tells you no, you just remind yourself, well, I need five no's to find a yes, so I'm one step closer. <laughs> yeah. I'm one step closer to hearing that yes. Um, teachers. Teachers make great mortgage loan originators. Really? Because, look... It's sales in terms of marketing and self-promotion, but it's not sales in terms of life insurance. Life insurance is convincing someone to do something they otherwise did not want to do that day. Very familiar. You are very familiar <laughs> with that. We, we, in fact, we did a show on that. <laughs> so that's, that's life insurance. But helping someone determine if they qualify, how much they qualify, answering their questions about budgets and mm. comfort monthly payments and how much cash to close – that, that you're not convincing, you're not selling, yeah. you're an educator. So in order to be wildly successful as a mortgage loan originator, ask yourself, do you like to coach? Do you like to mentor? Do you like to teach? Do you like to parent? 
if those are skill sets that you like doing, mm -hmm. this very well may be a good transition. Look, my buddy, the cop who did really good first year and second year, but just didn't like it. One of the reasons why he was great at this is because as a cop, he learned investigative skill set. Uh, he, he learned yeah. how to profile people. If you can profile people, you can then speak to them in a manner that they're comfortable with. The platinum rule. Yeah, the, the, the platinum rule. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, to, to be in law enforcement, you have to know laws. Laws are like mortgage guidelines. Yeah. They're thick-ass stacks of paper with a bunch of words that sometimes make sense, sometimes don't, but you have to decipher, and they're always left open for interpretation. Mm. So there's a certain level that that just translated really well. Oh, uh, okay. But again, he didn't like the puzzle. Actually, he, no, he liked the puzzle piece. He actually didn't like the retail aspect of it. Yes. He didn't like the fact that, look, from time to time, the client's always right, even when they're not. Yeah. You know, take ownership of their issue and do everything in your power to make it better. Yeah. Period. In a story. So, you know, it's 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 just that. So now I'm thinking, where do I start? Yeah. Okay, Dio, you had me convinced. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be the next mortgage loan originator to make a million bucks a year. Which, by the way, it's gonna take you seven, nine, twelve, fifteen years to get to that level. Really? Like you don't just roll into it. Now you can roll into it making a hundred grand a year. You can by year three be making two hundred grand a year. Oh, okay. Like all that's realistic. Like that that is realistic. You don't and you don't need a college degree, a master's, a PhD. In fact, a GED works as long as you're a good person. So, but you need like some like a certification, right? You need to do something, right? Yeah. So, um, good question. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> you will need to get your NMLS, okay. the National Mortgage Licensing System. Okay. The NMLS will require a background check. It will require a state license. It will require fingerprints. Those fingerprints go to the FBI to make sure that, mm. you know, for the most part, you're an upstanding citizen. Mm -hmm. um, you haven't been arrested, especially for things like bank fraud and um, theft or, you know, bad checks or things like that. Okay. Um, look, DUI, eh, you okay. know, um, that's, that's not going to be a no-no. There's, there's certain things that... Um, if it's in your past, isn't going to prevent you. Okay. But yeah, so there's a definite re requirement. And if you work for a bank, it may be a little bit easier to obtain your license. And if you don't work for a bank or a bank or a mortgage company, okay. um, but you're not going to learn a whole lot in my opinion, in terms of doing your job well by going to get your NMLS. And that's Gosh. a key point to know. You need to get your NMLS. Um, you need to pass your state exam, but please know just because you have your NMLS, that's not impressive. You know what's impressive? Being an XCO. How do you become an XCO? Which, by the way, no one knows what that is outside of this industry. It means you went to Xenix and you took ground school and flight school. That's way more impressive to an employer looking to hire someone who doesn't have a book of business. Mm. Now, most people are going to come with some kind of a life experience. Like, hey, look, I sold insurance for seven years. I sold advertising for four years. I was a high school teacher for 15 years. I was a cop for 12 years. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who have success in this industry, this wasn't their first gig right out of college. Ah, okay. That was my next it's, it's a great gig for a second career, for a transition. We have a guy right now lighting it up. And he was in pharmaceuticals for the first 20 years. Really? So the first 20 years of whether they were um, clinics, whether it was, you know, biopharm and he was a sales rep, 
he had some kind of sales experience prior to the industry. We have a lady who is wildly successful. She actually started in the mortgage industry as like a processing assistant, which is the back of the house. Mm -hmm. Then she worked her way up to processor. Then she worked her way up to underwriter. Mm -hmm. And then she had so much knowledge from a technical standpoint that she then was comfortable and confident to go out and market herself. She probably didn't have that confidence before she became a 10 out of 10 technician. And she became a 10 out of 10 technician by starting at the bottom and working her way up, learning by hands-on all the programs and the guidelines and the rules and the regulations. Mm -hmm. Then she parlayed that into a quote-unquote sales and marketing career. But if you ask her, her name is Sue, if you ask Sue, um, she's like, I'm not a salesperson. She's just an Hmm. expert who goes out and talks to people in her community about her profession. Then people like her and trust her because she has the highest amount of knowledge. They then refer her. Yeah. For, for for their business needs. And then she just sits down and does the loan. Yeah. But she's not this like gregarious saleswoman. Yeah. Uh, the way that maybe someone like myself would be perceived as, yeah. oh, well, you know, Dio, he can sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but that I still had to become a great technician in order to be a top 1% loan originator in, in our industry. Wow. Um, so yeah, being, being a teacher, putting others first. Like I was talking to, he was on the show, um, God, about a month or two ago, Eric Putt. Okay. Right. Eric Putt works with us here at Waterstone Mortgage. And Eric Putt is top 1% in the country of loan originators. Hmm. And I remember when we were interviewing Eric about four years ago, and I said to Eric, and he was a top producer by then, anyhow, and I said, What drives you? And still today, he says that warm, fuzzy feeling I get knowing I helped someone achieve the dream of home ownership. And I was like, that's a bullshit answer. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, bah, bah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, Dio, 10, 12 years into this business, that is still what drives me. So then I would ask Brian in, in, yeah. in California, do you like helping people? Do you like putting others first? Do you like being an educator? Do you like teaching? Are you willing to go out and self-promote to network, to to meet as many people as you can that can refer you business because they like you and trust you. And then when they do, can you not let them down? Mm. Can you turn on your customer service hat? Can you do everything that it takes to return phone calls quickly and stay organized and make yourself available even if it's nights and weekends? Eventually, you will get some coaching and you'll learn how to scale yourself mm-hmm. because the people who make the million dollars have learned to scale. They've learned to team build. Ah, so the people making a million and two million are not out there just doing it by themselves. Not individually. No, uh-huh. no, not individually at, at some point. And by the way, they all have one common theme. They are coached. So that's probably going to be my final tidbit of information. Find a mentor, find a coach, preferably early on in your career, it's going to be your sales manager. It's going to be your branch manager. Okay, I know we had him on the show as well, Mike Smalley. Mike Smalley helps run Waterstone Mortgage's largest region. And Mike Smalley, A, got to where he got because he invested in himself. He invested in coaching. First, it was with Tom Ward. Then it was with Kai McBride. From Tom Ward and Kai McBride, he then moved on to the core, which is Rick Ruby's company. Mm. Okay, Mike now coaches about 20 of Waterstone's loan officers. Mm. So 
a loan officer has found a coach within their own system. So sales managers can do that for you, especially early on because you're in the infancy. You need to learn how to roll over before you learn to crawl. You need to learn Mm -hmm. how to crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you start doing half marathons. You know, it's (laughs) that whole adage. And it's a marathon and not a sprint. That's something that I think any new loan originator needs to understand. Two years. If you can't dedicate two years of your life to this business, don't do it. The best advice I ever got, Steve Walsh. So for any of my like fans of the U, the 1980s, like, you know, when the U was dominating, Steve Walsh was a quarterback at the University of Miami, ended up playing in the NFL. He also happened to be the guy that helped hire me into the business. Wow. And he was supposed to be my first branch manager. Supposed to be because I ended up not going to that branch. I transferred to a branch two and a half hours away. But something he told me is if you can give me two years of your life, Dustin, I can guarantee you a successful career in this business. Sure, man. Wah, wah. Yeah, no, but I did. And I, yeah. I, I had to use that multiple times yeah. when I was having a, a low spot or a rough week or a rough day. And I was like, bump this, I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, no, you know what? Steve told me two years. Mm-hmm. Give him two years. I'm talking like month 20. I had a day where I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Because something to keep in mind, most of these gigs, they're 100% commission, yo. Oh. Yeah. Oh, snap. 100% commission to make this type of money. Now, again, the banks, the call centers, different compensation plan. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm I'm definitely speaking more for if you don't want to go to a call center to cut your teeth, if you don't want to go to a bank to cut your teeth, Mm -hmm. and you want to just go out on your own. This is what this episode is really gotcha. diving deep into. Gotcha. But at some point, your branch manager, your sales manager might not be enough from a coaching standpoint, or you may get what um, a buddy of mine taught me this. It's called academic inbreeding. Mm, academic yep, inbreeding. Yep. So when, when he was uh, uh, in college, he was talking to a professor about staying for his master's. And his professor said, don't stay at our university where you just got your bachelor's degree. Go to a different uh, university for your master's. He said, why is that? I love this university. He said, well, academic inbreeding. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the theories and philosophies that are being used to teach. Go somewhere else. They may use different theories and philosophies, uh, you know, different strategies. Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing goes. At some point, the mentorship you're getting you may just need to hear it from another from another voice. Yes, different voice. It's kind of like your mom and dad telling you something versus your cool <laughs> yeah, uncle. Yeah, yeah. You know, your cool uncle talks to you and you want to listen. Yeah. Your mom and dad talk to you and it's wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's all yeah. that. So look into getting coaching, right? There's And any coaching to me is better than bad coaching. I'm sure the people who run coaching companies may disagree. <laughs> but like, you know, I Zenix is a great place to go for your foundational training. I believe they also have a coaching program. I mentioned Rick Ruby in the core. Now that's for once you've already achieved and you're already a top 1% and you want to go to the next level. Mm. So like they're a very hardcore coaching system and they don't even take you in until you've reached a certain level of success. I gotcha. But there's the mortgage marketing animals. Um, there's a guy by the, name of, by the name of Todd Duncan. In fact, Brian, Todd Duncan's from Southern California. And a, lot, a lot of his conferences are, are run out there in like Palm Springs, Palm Desert area. Um, there's, I mentioned Tom Ward, there's Kai McBride, uh, Renee Rodriguez. Um, gosh, who else am I missing out on? There's Tim Brahim, there's Dave Savage, there's, um, uh, Stephen Marshall who has uh, mastermind, which is twice a year, a big conference. One was in uh, Las Vegas. One was in, 
um, Atlantic City. Obviously, with COVID, some of these things are going to be maybe thrown for a loop. But there's a lot of resources at your disposal because when you are a successful mortgage loan originator, you are going to need and want to invest in yourself. So some of that money you're making, if it's 80 grand, you need to take five to $8,000 and invest back into your business. If it's 120 grand, you need to take six to $12,000 and invest back into your business. Back in your biz- into your business may be on sales and marketing events. It also may be in personal professional development. Mm. So I think that is something that uh, I wish was taught to me on an earlier in, in, my, in my career but you know, understanding Rome wasn't built overnight, I probably wasn't even ready for yeah, it the first yeah, couple years. Yeah. The first couple years, I just had to figure out up versus down, left versus right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, in a nutshell, and I could go on and on yeah. for days and days, but it's like anything. You need to um, consume it in digestible yeah. amounts. I want to cut it off here for today and maybe in a few months we can circle back with like a, a phase two. Absolutely. Um, maybe Brian will listen. Maybe Brian will join the mortgage industry. And in six months, we'd love to hear back hey, from you, that'd Brian. Be awesome, yeah. Yeah, but um, keep this in mind. I'm going to leave it at this. Do you know how to eat an elephant? Uh, I do, actually. How? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. This industry is phenomenal, it is lucrative. It is rewarding. It is also frustrating. It also can be thankless at times. Sometimes your paycheck is the only thank you you get. Mm -hmm. But if you like helping people, if you love teaching, if you love putting together puzzles, if you're not afraid or or, or better, you get excited about self-promotion and marketing, this is a phenomenal industry. If you can dedicate two years of your life to knowing it, being a student of it, and getting good at it, it could then feed you and fuel you for two, three, four decades. It is phenomenal. Brian, we appreciate you. Thank you for the message. Thank you for being our muse for today's episode. You have tuned in and listened to the Loan Officer Podcast. I'm Dustin Owen. He's JC. And we're out. Peace.